Amen. Good morning, second service. <laughs> He's walking off. <laughs> we had uh, a month of love, and uh, I think it was the Molines who said, because, you know, we had a month of love series, and no one said anything about marriage yet. Well, uh, just to let you know that love and relationships are so much a part of our life, that's why the Bible speaks so much about love and relationship, but just for them, we're going to talk about marriage today, but you need to know that a marriage relationship, even though it says marriage, it doesn't matter. It, this is good for single people because you need to understand that there's things that are going to be required of you in a marriage other than love. I've said this many times for those who've been around to tell you, love is not an excuse to get married. There's other reasons to get married. <clears throat> and if love's a part of it, great. Love needs to be a part of it. But if you don't have the fortitude to, to do the things that need to take place. If you don't have an understanding of what is needed of a partner to be in a relationship, you're not going to recognize, I love this person so much, but there is no way that they are going to be able to stay in a relationship because of their personality. They don't have the skills that it takes. I couldn't love them anymore. They just don't have it. And so to keep from having that heartache, and not all of us get to see that in that person, but so if you're here single, you, you might have a head, heads up on it because things happen, tragedies do happen that, that attack relationships. Let me give you, well, the thing we're going to talk about that's going to be the thing is to do the things. What things? We're going to do the things that takes to sustain a relationship and marriage. It's, and it's, love's not one of them, which I hopefully we'll be able to explain. One of the things that we do, um, I mean, churches, we hold the marriage relationship up in this high esteem like it's the pinnacle. It's the thing that we want to reach. But I want you to know it's not God has such a relationship, God the Father has such a relationship with God the Son, he said, how can we explain this? How can we explain this relationship? He said, you know what, let's explain it through something that they absolutely are so entwined that they're one, yet they're different. So God said, you know, it's not good that man dwell alone. We, what we need to do, he needs we need to take something out of him that as he gets older, he realizes, I don't have something in me, and that person has it. And I want to so, be so close to them that I take it back. And that's why the, the word tells us that in Genesis, so we're going we're gonna to look at it. But I want you to know the pinnacle of understanding the marriage relationship, the the pinnacle of it is to get a glimpse of the relationship that the, Jesus, the groom, has and wants to have with the bride. God, the Father, has with the Son. 
That is a picture, a perfect marriage is a picture and an understanding of a small bit of what God the Father and God the Son is. Because if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. And the Bible talks about a groom that has gone away to build a place for his bride. And a bride is kept away from the groom and she's to prepare herself without blemish, without stain, without wrinkle. And that they're getting ready for this marriage. So let's take a look at that. So whenever the Bible talks about the church and the relationship with the church, he's talking, it's talking about a marriage relationship that's supposed to be so close. So when it does talk about the church, I'm going to apply the same thing to marriage, which is what God does. I'm going to take Revelations chapter, uh, verse 5, chapter 2, and then it's, I'm going to go back to verse 2. You just want to point out, the Bible says to consider how far you have fallen. It said, he, he's, getting, he's telling the church at Ephesus. He goes through the, the different churches, and Ephesus, he goes, look how far you've fallen. Now, in verse 2, it's going to go, you've done this right, you've done this right, you've done this right, you've done this right. But he's fall, the church has fallen. How did they do all these things right? But God says, this one thing I have against you. Let's look at it. He said, consider how far you have fallen. Repent, change, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. The lampstand is significant of the presence of God, but you know what? A lampstand gave light to the house. It illuminated the house. It, it gave warmth to the house. You know, and said that if you don't repent and do the things you did first in this relationship, I'm going to take that thing, that joy, that wonderful thing that illuminates all the wonderful things in your house out. Is that not like a lot of marriages? That something goes wrong and they don't consider what's gone wrong and something just comes along and removes the light, the lamp that's in the house. Well, let's see the foundation of this. Verse two will go to the top. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and not grown weary. Yet I hold this one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. How many times have men said, what more do you want from me? I go to work, I mow the grass, I pay the mortgage. And this is the argument right there. I've seen your hardships. I've seen you do this. I've seen you do this. That's great, yay. That's what it means to me. You've lost your first love. You're not doing, you're not inspired by what inspired you in the beginning. So you've persevered and you mow the grass. A hand clap of one. <laughs> and God is saying here to the church who's supposed to be in love with the groom that's coming. And it's just so many men who've said the same thing. I come home. I 
done everything you've requested of me. No, this one thing, congratulations, you've done all the other junk. But he says, remember, if you don't rediscover the things you did at first, I'm going to come and take the lampstand out and there will be no light for you to find each other, to find your way back. That's a sad story that happens way too often. But it can stop. So many of us live our lives having to deal with someone who has fallen short in a marriage. And we're dealing with things that we thought we'd never have to deal with. Uh, We've had friends that have come to us and they're in the church, leaders in the church. And they've asked do you and Crystal still fall in, are you still in love? I said, because our friends at our church over here, they really aren't in love anymore, but they don't want to get the dating scene, so they just kind of are roommates, and they take care of each other when they have needs. But they can't really say that they're in love. I don't see that in the scriptures. And we're not talking about the world, we're talking about Christians. That if you're on that search for a new mate, let this be a guide to look for these things. Because the things that they do at first are, needs change in every relationship. But we're talking about the spirit that was presented in the beginning. We're going to talk about openness. Well, you're, as you get older, you're open about different things. That changes your, your need to be vulnerable, it changes in different areas, but it's the spirit of vulnerability. You need to be sensitive. You were very sensitive in the very beginning, but you were sensitive about what was important to a 20-year-old. Now you're 40, and then although it's not the same thing that you're being sensitive about, the spirit of sensitivity has to be there. So it's the tool, it's the spirit that we have to return to. You're not going to, you know, it's like, oh, you know, our relationship doesn't feel the same. Your relationship has matured. It can't stay the same. You've gotten older and more manure. I mature. We need to appreciate that it's the same spirit, just a little different subject. And, And it's very clear. It says, you need to consider how far you've fallen. That's being vulnerable and open right there. You have to consider it. It's changed, and unless you consider it, unless you take it, you know what? It has changed. You've fallen from this. You are the best at what you do. You, you have taken care of this family perfectly. You've always been there. I love that about you. But I hold this against you. And we're going to take a look at those things that we need to do. Do the things. What things? The first one is the forgiving thing. You have to do the forgiving thing. You're going to be forgiving different things, but the spirit is still the thing is forgiving. I, you see people who, if, if, they're, if they're allowing someone to walk all over them, that's going to come to a point where that person's personality and what 
Let's say a husband is walking all over his wife. His wife doesn't stand up to the husband. The wife, for her to swallow all that junk, either she changes who she is. She's not that spunky person that he fell in love with. She has to change to be stay in love with him. But all he says is, you're not the woman you used to be. Because of you, idiot. All right? <laughs> If the wife doesn't speak up, if she does speak up, all he's going, well, you're changing. Yes, and I wish you would too. What you're doing is not working. Consider how far you've fallen. And you know what? It's not a matter that you can be, well, I just can't love them anymore. God would not tell us to love your neighbor as yourself. He would not tell us to love here, to do the things in the very beginning. If we were not capable of doing it, that would be unfair. God doesn't command you to do something that you can't do. He may command you to do something, and if you don't do it, it's because you don't want to, or you don't know how to, and you're not going to go find out how to. I think I'm making sense because everyone's quiet. I hope he doesn't point us out. Like he did the Molines, that's so scary. <laughs> it would be when, when Jason was single, I used to pride myself at church to mention him every Sunday, hoping someone else would notice him. Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> <clears throat> Is that not true, Jay? It's very true. Thank you. <laughs> he, was, he was having premature baldness, and we had to move it along. <laughs> He had a full head of hair when they got married. So, <laughs> but she loves him even more now. <clears throat> True? Absolutely. Well, the forget. <laughs> oh, gosh. <clears throat> Be nice to me on Facebook. <laughs> you know, if you see a, a marriage that's lasted a long time, 40, 50 years, don't say he goes, oh man, they must really have loved each other to make it. No. They really forgave each other to make it. Amen. People think, well, I, if I just loved them more. No, because you haven't forgiven them. You're, you can love them as much as you want, but you, the, your hatred and unforgiveness will be up here when your love is right there. Without forgiveness, you will never be able to rest in love. You can be in love, but you're not at rest. You're on edge. A person on edge cannot afford that kind of love. It wears you out. You're always thinking about how close you are to the edge of blowing it. It changes who you are. It changes your expectation. It, it, it just is a wearisome place to be. So ladies, yes. He has blown it. He's going to blow it. And you can tell him you're blowing it and he'll go, ha, 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 and blow it again. <laughs> Guys, She met your needs, your emotional needs, your physical needs. You've been married a while. And he doesn't know that his needs have changed. But he does know this, that you no longer need some, meet something deep within him. 
He's not aware enough that the need from you, he needs something from you, has changed to tell you what it is. You were a great wife. You've pride yourself that you meet his needs as you knew them 15 years ago. He has not, because we've not considered. We've not considered that our needs have changed. But I do know what I feel, and I feel that you do not meet my need. That's what happens there. Ladies, you tell him, what you're doing embarrasses me, hurts me. But the adrenaline that goes through him as he ridicules you in front of your family, in front of his friends, is just, oh, she'll get, she's tougher than that. You have changed. Your sensitivity, you need a different sensitivity. What used to work when you were young, we need that sensitivity to be applied in this area. Your words hurt me. You do not honor me. You need to consider. You need to have these times to consider. You have changed. But the spirit of forgiving remains the same. And we're going to change. Um, <laughs> I probably should just pass this over, but it's just too good. God, you know, <clears throat> God had a plan. And Part of that plan was the first year that you're married, women, you're to live with your husband. He doesn't go to war. He doesn't go to work. He's got you. His job is just you. Everyone might think, you want no work? Woo-hoo. Think about it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I'd be into this thing about three months and when my God, I gotta go to work. <laughs> I gotta get out of it. I gotta go somewhere. But for one year when you had the most energy, you're there to meet her need. And what's more important is that in that one year, seasons changed physically. You know, you, and, and I mean, even emotionally, I mean, you went from, <laughs> well, we're here, it's our first week, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, well, that's only going to work for so long, guys. <laughs> and then you're going, hey, we got no kids. Uh, what's that crying behind the curtain? We got kids. Season's changed. Then there comes a season where the kids are gone. Season's changed. So in that one year, I believe that God forced this upon his people to change with the seasons. To keep the spirit of the forgive and the sensitivity and the openness and vulnerability, but seasons change and you learn that in one year. But our lives and our marriages have gone so long, we think that, well, no season has changed when it has. This verse in Genesis, it's in Genesis and Ephesians. And this is where God reveals the ultimate plan here. He said, the, man's, uh, the man said, this is now bone of my bone. This is where he recognized when God took woman from man, he said, you know what? This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Woo-hoo! And now I can physically join back to that. I have to physically do a relationship here to feel this way. And this is what God said. And, and in Ephesians, after it says that very statement, it goes on, 
you know, said just that and much more in Ephesians 5. But then Paul says, you know what? This is a profound mystery, a couple getting together that well. But I'm talking about Christ and his church. It is our duty as men and women in the faith to resemble the oneness of God the Father, the groom who's coming back for a wife that he only sees her as blameless. Without There's nothing wrong with you. And if there is, I'll take care of it. Who, what woman couldn't wait for that? They said, no, we're not going to marry until I have a mansion built for you. Now you get ready. Just keep the light on. I'll be back. And when I come back, this is what I'm going to see. Perfection. Perfection. Just keep the light on. Motel 6. Uh, <laughs> you wonder if these people steal this from the Bible, so... Well, the next, because uh, we have to move along. It's a vulnerability thing or the open thing. And three weeks ago, I spoke on this when it comes to relationships. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it for the sake of time because we've already done it. But I mentioned that the Apostle Paul was the most effective of all the apostles. They saw authenticity in him, but he was constantly going, I'm too depressed to stay here and preach anymore. I'll send someone back. I'm sick. I'm sick. Oh, you want to know about my past? I killed Christians. That's my past. Come on, follow me. Like, whoa. Hey, I'm in prison. Could you send Titus with a, a blanket or a sweater? I'm cold. I need your help. His openness and authenticity changed the world. That needs to be in the script. Remember when you were dating, for those who are married, remember you were dating? You couldn't wait to just tell her about any little thing that happened that day. Just to have her attention your way was what you wanted. Now you go home and go in, uh, when she asks you a question. It's a grunt. You know, we run to the video game, you're going, I, I need some me time. Don't talk while I'm playing. That's, they, I want you to know that just makes them feel really close. Uh, <laughs> give me some me time. You know. I've been home all day with the kids. Yeah, well, I'm not working. Oh, wait. We dealt with that. Revelation. It's got to be about love. I'm going to give you a question, ladies. This is for the ladies. Women ask their husband this. What goes in the blank? What are you... That was too easy. You know when the guys are going, hmm, hmm. What would go in there? <laughs> give me, give me another chance. You know. Do you know what this? That is all out romance. You're going, hey, you know, I'm going to put this cologne on. You don't have to. You can go in there in a dirty t-shirt. You're going, hey, let me tell you what happened to me today. Yeah, I want you to know. She's like, I'm in love. <laughs> I've never desired anybody as much as I do right now. She's like, oh, wow. 
You become open. Tell them what you're afraid of. Instead of like, oh, I killed three things on the way home today. You know? You know? Instead of that, you're going, you know, I got a little tear when I heard this song. Oh. You know? like, don't tell them what you killed. Tell them what made you cry. It's like, good golly. And I'll tell you this again. Crystal goes, oh, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I'm thinking five things. Which one should it be? And that's bad because she, she sees me thinking. It's like I'm trying to hide something. She goes, are you trying to think of something? I said, no, I'm thinking of five things. She goes, what are them? I go, I wanted to know that dead catfish. If I stuck a stick in it, would it blow up? <laughs> I've been considering that atoms are really just universes and inside of them are whole worlds. And it didn't matter if I told her, I'm sweating, sweat. I'm going, okay, what, there was another thought that went through there. Um, I was thinking if I didn't get on I-4, I could have got home five minutes faster. And, um, uh, um, and it didn't satisfy her because she could care less if the catfish blew up. She wanted to know that I was thinking about her or us. I'm like, you could have just asked. I gotta take another shower. <laughs> that cold sweat that comes out is like, oh. Oh my goodness, I've spent too much time, but it's just, it's just that's just low hanging fruit. I, I had to go somewhere. <laughs> what are you thinking? That opens, let's go on. The sensitive thing. Did you know men and women are different? Yeah, we did. That's why I started dating her. Hey, she's different, you know. <laughs> And it was a playful thing. Something that we loved the differences about ourselves. Oh, it was playful. It was like that. But as you get on in marriage, it becomes difficulties. And the truth of the matter is because you're thinking how much it irritates you because your thoughts are on yourself. Women communicate differently. There's... uh, Life magazine about 15 years ago, they go, men and women are different. Like, <laughs> wow. But you can go, you go on the internet and, and all the little differences that we loved in the beginning and just irritates us in the end. Even personalities. I love I loved how you always know what restaurant to pick. 15 years, you never give me a choice. <laughs> There's been changes and no considering. No sensitivity to the changes. Life magazine uh, came out how the difference. I looked it up. Do you know that women's skin feels 10 times more than a man? You know, Chris says, let's snuggle, let's, you know. And if, she, if I don't snuggle with her, she'll snuggle with a blanket. It's just as good. <laughs> she just wants something soft against her and feel, you know, warm. And Their eyesight's, their eyesight's different. Do you know that... Women are four times less to be broadsided in a car accident because they have a a natural peripheral vision. Men are four times less to be in an accident at night because they see long distance in a straight line. That's why if you have fathers, you know, it starts getting dark, they go, I got to get home. It's because they've lost their ability to see long distance at night. The hunter, you know, you've got to have that long distance. Um... We, 
it, it, when it comes to communication, and it, it's like communication, women are like a, a landing a plane. They're like, okay, they fly around the airport and fly around. It looks good, looks good. Okay, let's land. You know, men come up to the airport. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal goes to the doctor last week for her physical. I went, oh, she went two weeks ago. I went last week. She comes home. Okay, I got to be connected. How, uh, how'd the physical go? She goes, do you know the new nurse there? I go, yeah. She goes, that's his wife's sister. And she barely speaks English. She's Filipino, blah, blah, blah. And she said, you know, and I don't think he's spent a dime. He's been in that same place for 30 years. I don't think he's done anything to that, that waiting room. The TV doesn't work. And then his little dog comes in. And, and I'm like. <laughs> Five minutes later, she goes, oh, physical is fine. You're not going to feel this at all when we land. <laughs> she asked me how my physical went. It was great. Period. <laughs> and she's just, hmm? I, really great. <laughs> I didn't see anything in the lobby. I didn't see how long it took. I went, it's good, I came back. <laughs> Ta-da. It's like, man, take a shower, all that sweat again. Like, oh, like, it's tough stuff. Good Lord, we're late. Let me just, I'll go through these really quick, these verses. Basically, when the Bible tells us to live our wives do not be harsh with them. You know what? It's because they see more, they feel more, they hear more than we hear. We think that they just blah, 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 blah. They honestly saw all that crap. <laughs> I see a rainbow. Any more colors than what's in the rainbow, it does not exist. Mocha is a drink. <laughs> It is not a color. So you did a study, a real study in England. I shouldn't do this either. We're going to be late. Okay. <clears throat> they got something, it was something like 50 husbands and wives. They set out a food plan and how to organize a refrigerator. And the refrigerator said, okay, put the butter on the top shelf right here in front. Make the meal, sit down for the meal, two minutes in the meal, ask your husband to get up and get the butter. Honey, could you get the butter? Oh, sure, sure. There ain't no butter in here. <laughs> Woman gets up. Where did that come from? It's like, poof, it's, it's witchcraft. I'm telling you. And you notice men, men look in the refrigerator like they're the umpire at a baseball game. And notice, their head moves. <laughs> their, their head's moving because they don't have peripheral vision. Goes, <laughs> a woman goes, head doesn't have to move. She sees everything in the room and half the time stuff behind her. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. 
<laughs> Here's what they did. They said, when your husband couldn't find it, said, have him step back as far as he could with the door open. <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> like, oh. <clears throat> wow. You can't blame them because they see, feel everything. Guys, you feel and see nothing. <laughs> That's why you got nothing to say. <laughs> so, wow. All right, let's, the staying thing. The staying thing. Stay pure, stay home, stay away. How do you stay home? I know, that doesn't make sense at all. You know what? Stay pure. You're not staying pure for the, your husband, your wife, or the husband or wife you're going to marry. You're staying pure because you stand before God. And God said, this is going to benefit you when you're married. You stand before me and you're asking me to bless your wedding vows. You weren't true to me, a God. You're going to be true to this woman true to this man <laughs> you can't be true to me you stay home because your mate needs it because your child needs you as I've said many times before Sarah was one of our most sensitive children <clears throat> and something would be wrong when she was out with her friends and she would call Crystal and say, where's dad? Will you be home when I get home? And I remember this, we were out for dinner and Crystal says, well, are you okay? She goes, I'm fine. I said, I just had a bad evening tonight. I want dad to be home when I get home. I said, does dad need to say anything? She goes, no, no, don't say anything to him. I just need him to be home. Sometimes we left our dinner, we didn't finish, we went home. You got to stay home. How unfortunate it is for young men today. I remember watching my dad shave. You remember, guys, you remember watching your dad shave when you were little? And you're going, you know what you're doing? That's going to be me one day. I see me in him. And I get home from school before he come home from work and I'd get the razor, you turn it and it opens up, you take the blade out and I'd close it and I'd put shaving cream <laughs> and I'd start shaving and do it just the way you just jiggle it in the water. <laughs> shaving. 50% of young men do not live with a father. They don't have a dad to give them love, a hug. Even if you do, now it's a distant father. Oh, I don't want to turn him or something. So why don't you know they did a study. 87% of men in prison grew up without a father. Here's a new study, and you're not going to see this one. 82% of homosexuals grew up without or a distant father who never hugged them. It's my belief that they, something has gone wrong in them and that they're going to spend the rest of their adult life looking for a father's love, a male's touch. The numbers are the numbers. It's hard to be a man. Stay home. 
stay pure. Stay away from those things that take you away. Stay away from those games, those friends, that place, that nothing good's gonna come from it. And let me tell you how hard it is to be a woman. So many of the women, <clears throat> you think, all right, so there's 50% of these men growing up without fathers, guess what? The same as with the women. The, the girls are growing up without a mother because the mother is forced into a situation if she's a single parent, she's not there. She's not there to nurture their, their daughter because they were made fun of. They're, they're too skinny, they're too fat, their hair's this way, they're not accepted by their friends. Bullying has not changed, parenting has. Amen. I was bullied, I was a bully. But the difference was is I could go home and somebody was there. I was safe. Nowadays, we put women in single parenthood where they got to pick up the kids, pick up the groceries, make the money, do the laundry. Who's going to parent doing that? And then on top of it, so many of them are still in their 20s, and they, I got a life, I got to go out. I got to find another man. I had had the fun. I haven't had fun yet. And that daughter doesn't learn how to, to nurture, doesn't know how to be a strong woman, doesn't know how to take on adversity. Instead, she's going to run to either find a feminine love and acceptance or a man to take the place that she didn't have with dad. We need to stay. I'm going to do this. Kelly Clarkson, father was not there. No time for her. She becomes successful. Dad wants to be in the picture. Well, she's, she's pregnant with her second child here. She has a husband. She starts off singing about her dad and turns to her husband. Take a look. This next performer knows nothing about eliminations at all. She survived every single cut season one. She's proved to be an unstoppable force in the industry with a very emotional song called Peace by Peace. Please welcome Kelly Clarkson. And all I remember is your back. Walking towards the airport, leaving us all in your past. I traveled 1,500 miles to see you. I begged you to want me, but you didn't want to. But piece by piece, he collected me. Off the ground where you abandoned things in piece by piece, you fill the holes that you burned in me. Six years old, and you know, he never walks away, he never asks for money, he takes care of me because he loves me. Piece by piece, he restored my faith that a man can be kind and a father could. I made 
There's a whole lot of men in this room that can restore a whole lot of women by staying. What their fathers have done to them, that it ends. That you realize that your calling is to reflect the relationship between God, the Father, and God, the Son, between the groom and the bridegroom. If that's your goal to reflect that, it's going to show up in your marriage. Wow. For those of you who are believing that you're going to be married, have the filter to know it's the, 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 the thing to do is, do this, does this person have stay power? Is this person going to be able to be sensitive to the things that I'm sensitive about? Can I be open? Tell them all your junk in the front. Don't tell them what great stuff you do. Tell the junk. It's like, I'm afraid of nothing. They know the worst. What are they going to find out? And they stay. They stay. Where's the the teenager who's speaking to our preteens 
Don't do this, do do that. Do it this way. I'm a reflection of what you're going to be. Watch. The 20-year-olds that need to be speaking to the teenagers, the 30-year-olds that need to be speaking to the 20s, because you're going to change. The challenges are going to change. In your marriage, and where you're, where is the 70-year-old speaking to me? I have him. It's called Pastor Peter. It gets harder to find that person the older you get. Be the one that you are to the next and look for the one who's ahead of you to speak into your life, to tell you this is coming, even though you don't see it. Allow that to happen in your life and we'll reflect the relationship with the Father. Go home and consider Consider if you're married with someone. If you're by yourself, if, you, if you're not married, get with a friend and talk about these things to be sure that a filter is on there so that you see that though you love this person with all your heart, though they're that good, they're not a person who can forgive. They're not a person who can be sensitive. They're not a person who's going to be open, sensitive to your needs to be able to change. Love is not a reason to get married if they don't have these other things in place. Let's stand. Father, for those men and women who didn't have someone to stay, bring someone. Bring someone to put back in them piece by piece that we stop this thing. This is the last generation that will see this in my family. Piece by piece, we can be built and grow into those things that we need to grow in. Father, for the marriages that are represented, that they would consider that they've fallen. And I don't want the lampstand taken out of my marriage, the light, the joy. Father, let us consider and figure out how to do the things that we did in the beginning. If it's not too late, Lord, let it happen to your people. And we say this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. give the Lord a clap. Come on.